you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and a lifelong Missouri Tigers football and basketball fan. And today on Locked On Mizzou, we got plenty of college football and basketball to get to, including my thoughts on whether or not the Big Ten delaying the start of its season may have helped Missouri nab a recent football recruit. And also, well, it is September 11th, 2020 as I record this, and I have some memories of my time at Mizzou. I was on campus very, very briefly when, in fact, the 2001 World Trade Center attacks occurred. And so I have some memories and thoughts of that time and how it relates to our time today. But first, some breaking news. Taylor Powell has decided to transfer from the football team. Looking like Taylor was going to be the third string quarterback. Obviously, he's been the primary backup each of the last two seasons. But frankly, with him playing quite a bit against Kentucky last season, starting the game against Georgia, Frankly, Connor Basilak showed a lot more than Taylor Powell did. And, well, the quarterback competition has been between Basilak and Sean Robinson in the preseason here. So I guess it shouldn't be a surprise when you were the primary backup. Now you're the third stringer. Shouldn't be a surprise that Taylor is moving on at this point. But I will just say I'm glad he, once he did come in for Basilak in the Arkansas game after Connor injured his knee, it was nice to see Taylor Powell throw a touchdown in his home state, showed some stuff against Arkansas, and obviously helped us to a victory. So last time we saw Taylor Powell was certainly a good moment, so nothing but good memories from this Tiger fan. By the way, a quick correction. All week I've been incorrectly saying we've got about a week and a half until Tiger football. Well, clearly I meant two and a half weeks. Boy, COVID time has just got me. Really good once again. I got to say, just not having these guideposts for the calendar, again, preseason football, MLB All-Star break, all that stuff, it's just thrown me, or at least that's what I'm blaming on my inability to, well, count days, I guess. Because, yes, it's September 10th was yesterday. That was the Chiefs opener. You would think I could uh, have figured out that, yes, the 26th is more than two weeks Not less, but what are you going to do? I figured it out once I looked at my calendar yesterday. And by the way, speaking of that Chiefs opener, that crowd, the socially distanced crowd, may have given us a decent idea of what the crowd at Faroe Field might look like. And frankly, when I was seeing that crowd at Arrowhead yesterday, I thought it was very reminiscent of that famous 2015 Missouri and BYU game with a bit of a second-half rally Gary Pinkle's final victory as a Mizzou coach. Yeah, I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, that that very socially distant crowd reminded me of the sparse crowd for that very cold game around Thanksgiving. And once again, I just feel fortunate to be able to say that I'll be in the crowd for all five of these socially distant football games this season. I'll have all of my reactions and observations, not only from the football game, of course, but I'll try to tell you what it's like inside that stadium for those of you who couldn't get in this year. And speaking of conferences that aren't playing, 
It does seem to me that it's possible that the Big Ten's delay may help Mizzou in the future and, frankly, may have helped them already. Not so much again. Obviously, if Missouri is recruiting against Ohio State or maybe even Michigan, we're probably not going to win a lot of those recruiting battles. But when it comes to a team like Minnesota, now that, that could be a difference. Because obviously, well, we heard from Michael Maietti, who's the new Missouri starting center. Well, if he had stayed at Rutgers for his senior season, he wouldn't be playing, at least until January, right? So basically what I'm saying is is Kyron Montgomery, our latest four-star defensive end verbal commitment, I got to believe that that helped Missouri land him. Just the fact that the SEC continued to play football while the Big Ten did not. Now, you'd have to ask Kyron himself, but I just think it couldn't have hurt, right? If there was, if it was a coin flip, if it was a tie between us and Minnesota, it wouldn't surprise me if that tipped the scales toward the Tigers. Because quite honestly, even though the last time Missouri played Minnesota, we gave them a pretty decent beatdown in that Citrus Bowl following the 2014 season. But, you know, Minnesota's been a better program than Missouri, quite frankly, the last few years. TJ Flex got that program going in the right direction, and they're all rowing the boat, as they say. So, you know, a good, obviously beating Florida State is a good thing, and certainly Minnesota with them on the rise, another really good thing. And at this point, currently the Missouri recruiting class is ranked number nine, is ranked 19th in the nation on rivals with currently 19 total commitments. And it's looking like Obviously, Missouri's going to get their full 25 in this class, considering they are in a bit of a scholarship reduction for this season. But ultimately, it does look like, certainly because of the high number of recruits that Missouri has, there'll be some teams that pass them in that recruiting ranking. But it does look like it's got a really good shot at being a top 25 class, and that would be the first time that that's happened in a little over a decade, and just the second top 25 class ever in rivals history so a big deal for Eli Drinkwitz and hopefully we can keep that recruiting momentum going and also speaking of recruiting Dominic Levette is scheduled to commit today he's the East St. Louis wide receiver teammates with Tyler Macon who is a quarterback verbally committed to Mizzou from East St. Louis. You guys know that I love me some Tyler Macon, but I was also impressed with his two receiver teammates, Keontes Lewis and Dominic Levette. Was definitely hopeful that those two would go to Missouri, but so far Lewis has has committed to UCLA, and all signs are committing to Levette, committing to Arizona State today. So unless that changes, well, this will probably be the last you hear about that kid for a while. Unlocked on Mizzou. And coming up, there's been more talk about what college basketball is going to look like this coming season during this COVID-19-inspired basketball season. So I've got more to talk about that. But first, got to tell you once again about Built Bar. Because over at BuiltBar.com, those guys know that a little bit of sugar and a little bit of sweetness goes a long way. Because unlike your standard candy bars, your Snickers, for instance. Well, these things aren't totally jam-packed with sugar and all this nonsense that, frankly, is only going to cause your waistline to bulge. Because while Built Bar is a fantastic-tasting chocolate-based treat, 
These bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, and also high-protein and high-in-fiber. Great for that keto diet. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word, LOCKEDON, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And while supplies last, you can even get a free cooler with your purchase. Again, while supplies last at BuiltBar.com. According to John Rothstein at CBSSports.com, several conference executives, and I'm quoting from his Twitter page here, several conference executives have informed programs in their respective leagues that they should plan on playing up to eight non-conference games following the NCAA's expected start date announcement next week. So, We're going to get some clarity next week, perhaps, and just for some context, if we're expecting eight non-conference games to be played, well, for comparison, last season, Missouri played 13 non-conference basketball games. They played a dozen before playing an SEC game and played, of course, in the Big 12 SEC showdown against the West Virginia Mountaineers also to bring it to a total of 13 non-conference games. So, quite honestly... There's usually five incredibly boring non-conference basketball games every year anyway, so that doesn't sound like the end of the world to me. But obviously the fear would be you don't want to get rid of the good ones. You don't want to get rid of bragging rights, and you certainly don't want to get rid of the Kansas game in the, is it the T-Mobile Center now? Well, it used to be the Sprint Center, so I'm going with that. Now, of course, the next question becomes, since we've heard all of this talk about there possibly being non-conference bubbles for college basketball. Well, my question is, what then becomes of season tickets for hoops? And not just not just for this season, but frankly long-term. Because on the football side, I have to assume that most of the long-time season ticket holders probably renewed their tickets, or at the very least, if they, for whatever reason, decided to opt out of this season – they carried over their donations to next year so they could keep their seats for the future. It just doesn't seem to me that there's that same type of urgency for college basketball, especially for Mizzou basketball. When was the last time you saw Mizzou Arena completely full? It's probably been three or four years, right? Also, well, I guess then the next question is, will they expand the conference schedule? And if they don't, frankly, what is the point of having college basketball season tickets at this point to Missouri. You're just basically counting on the fact that, don't worry, someday the glory days of Norm Stewart and the heights of the Quinn years, whatever it might be, the heights of Missouri basketball are coming back. You're just banking on that because right now, quite honestly, there's no reason to have season tickets to Missouri basketball. You can easily pick and choose Find the games that you want to go to. Skip the games that you don't want to go to that, frankly, aren't that competitive or have a weird start time during the week. You know, I mean, this is something that I think increasing amounts of Missouri fans are, are choosing to opt out of their of having season tickets. I've, I've known several people who had tickets for decades who no longer do it for just that reason. So if I were in the athletic department and I were in charge of college basketball, season tickets, Missouri season tickets, obviously, 
I'd be a little nervous right now. I don't know about you. And coming up, I do want to share my memories and thoughts of the terrorist attacks of September 11th, 2001. Well, you know, honestly, it feels a little bit strange to be doing a podcast on September 11th on any day, quite frankly. It's always a very melancholy period, for sure, every single year, without a doubt. But, you know, just remembering back to the day, the actual day, September 11th, 2001, well, for me, I had been on the Mizzou campus, gosh, about three, three and a half weeks at that point, and I didn't even know what had happened. See, I wasn't the type of guy that turned on the news in the morning, anything like that. You got to remember, this is pre-social media, so I wasn't carrying around a smartphone. I wasn't getting constant text messages, that kind of stuff. So when I showed up to my morning class, my morning geography class, that's how I found out about the, the terrorist attacks. And at that moment, well, we discussed some stuff for you know, quickly, but almost just as quickly class was dismissed and I was back to my dorm and checking my email. And sure enough, the rest of my classes, the entire, the entire campus shut down that day, I believe. But all I remember, the biggest thing I remember is just watching television with people at my dorms, people who had apartments. And we were just all, we had the we had on TV news just kind of watching it in a daze. I mean, the whole thing was obviously the images were totally horrific and sad and all of that, but it was also just very, very strange too. It was very surreal because as an American, you know, our, our homeland had never really been attacked in any kind of active war really since Pearl Harbor. And, and frankly, if you, if you only want to count the mainland, even that doesn't count exactly. So just a very strange day in a lot of ways, but you know what? You know what strikes me is, frankly, this COVID-19 period is somehow actually much, much, much stranger than the 9-11 period was for me as a, as a brand new college student living on campus because, well, in COVID-19, we've been told several times now to wait two weeks. Well, during 9-11, we waited two or three weeks, and then we got back to playing football, quite frankly, and baseball, and most of our lives, because that's kind of like what we felt like we needed to do. And believe me, during this time, the nation, much of the nation was gripped by fear. There was, people were afraid of getting anthrax in the mail. There was, nobody knew what was going to happen next? Nobody knew if there was another terrorist attack that was around the corner. So there was a whole lot of fear. I'm just fascinated by how we're handling this fear differently. Now, obviously, a terrorist attack is not the same thing as a disease by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just more interested in, in how we're dealing with it compared to how we, we dealt with, with 9-11 some 19 years ago now. And you know what? I've also been thinking a lot about masculinity for some reason, and, and, and 9-11 just made me think of it again, that, that event, let's put it that way. Because, boy, testosterone is a funny thing, isn't it? Because it can manifest itself in a lot of good ways and a lot of horrible ways, too. Because guess what? Men tend to commit most crime, especially violent crime. But you know what? 
the men who ran inside those burning buildings on September 11th, well, you know, again, those people were mostly men too. So again, testosterone is a funny thing. You get the good kind of masculinity and you get the bad kind of masculinity. And frankly, I think that's one of the greatest things about football. Football tends to build the good kind of masculinity. It builds teamwork. It builds camaraderie. And especially it teaches you how to deal with fear, how to deal with physical peril. And it teaches you that it's okay and sometimes very gratifying to put your own physicality, your own self in danger in order to help your teammates or possibly in the future, maybe a stranger who may be in a burning building. See, I just think that if we're going to expect firefighters, policemen, whatever it might be, just various masculine dudes, if we're going to expect them to run into a burning building in order to save people, in order to be heroes, basically, put their own selves on the line, well, that's not something that you just learn overnight. It's not something that you're born with as a young boy. And again, that testosterone is going to kick in for all of us. How are we? How is it going to manifest itself? That's the question. Is it going to be the good kind? Are we going to be the firefighters? Or are we going to be the criminals? And frankly, I think football is exactly the type of thing that creates the good type of masculinity. I really do. But back in 2001, Missouri and Michigan State, they had their game postponed. You see, Missouri played on September 8th. September 11th was then a Tuesday. That meant for the next couple weeks there was no college football. But on September 29th, yes, that same very month, Missouri would return and play the Nebraska Cornhuskers at home. So it's just an interesting contrast to me, at the very least, when you realize that we're now months away from the outbreak of the coronavirus, and still some people are not happy that we're playing college football. In fact, in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch today, Benjamin Hockman had a column. His last line of this column was, and during the coin toss of the biggest matchup of, of them all, risk will defer to money. So essentially he's saying, you know what? College football said, the heck with it. Too much money on the line. We'll take the chance. But you know what, though? For the fans, it's not about money at all. See, again, everybody just keeps looking at college football these days through the lens of the players versus the administration. Well, what about the fans? Because to the fans, it's not about money. It's not about money at all. I couldn't care less about the money that the university makes or doesn't make, quite frankly, only, only as far as that, that impacts their, their wins and losses. That's all I really care about when it comes to the athletic department. So this isn't about money to me. It's about living. It's about actually living our lives and doing something that most of us love just about as much as anything there is outside of our own families, and that's Tiger football. We got to do it. We got to get back to living. That's my whole thing. And frankly, I'm glad that there are enough people out there who want to get back to living. That's not about money. No, it's not. It may be for the people in the athletic department, but for the people like me who are going to be in the stands, it's about love, quite honestly, doing something that we love to do. So don't throw the money thing in my face, please. So, with all that said, I know I had previously 
I promised a Saturday show, but quite frankly, I need a weekend off. Give me a break. So you know what? I'll see you guys next time on Monday right here on Locked on Mizzou.